On Friday, New York City FC, in the midst of continuing preparations for their playoff match against Orlando City on Saturday, taking the charter to Florida on Friday. They'll meet up with Alexander Collins. The central defender has been cleared to play by MLS after returning from international duty with Peru amidst the strict COVID restrictions. Ronnie Dyla had the task through COVID-19 and civic unrest, along with the other managers in Major League Soccer, of guiding their teams through all the distractions. One of the distractions was the perception among many NYCFC supporters that it was sacrilege to play home matches at Red Bull Arena. City had played two home games in the CONCACAF Champions League at RBA and would end up playing five home matches during the regular year at RBA due to the unavailability of Yankee Stadium or City Field. On August the 20th, a 19-day break after the defeat to Portland in the MLS's back bubble, play was set to resume in the team markets. And the first opponent, well, it was a derby, the New York Red Bulls, the game at Red Bull Arena. This one, though, the home match for the Red Bulls. And at the time, New York City had played more games at Red Bull Arena than their primary tenants. Well, let's go back to August the 20th, a Thursday night matchup, no Maxi Morales in the lineup, and a change of shape for the boys in blue. This, my pregame briefing with Ronnie Dyla. Welcome back to the pregame show. I'm Glenn Crooks along with uh, Ronnie Dyla, and he's the head coach for New York City FC. Uh, once again, there's been a, a pretty significant break in between games. Ronnie, uh, welcome back. Uh, you're home now. And uh, so what's it been like for you and the boys? Feeling a little more comfortable? Yeah, it's, uh, we've been a little bit more active than we were in the hotel all the time. So it's more, more things to do. Uh, good to see family again. Um, it's been, of course, a stressful month with uh, the mental and the physical load has been. So we had some day off and then uh, we have been training good now into to the game, uh, game against Red Bull. Yeah, let's get to that in a moment. I, you know, sometimes, so the last game you played at the MLS is back tournament, had that great result and, and, and how you played as well against Toronto, and then the Portland result losing 3-1, and that eliminated you at the time. Uh, I, I guess sometimes you, you like to have a game shortly thereafter so you can kind of get the bad taste out of your mouth, but you've had to wait, wait through that now. Uh, it's been a lot of that this season. You know, it's been very strange in many ways, you know. Um, but you have to just adapt to how it is. Um, we haven't played one <coughs> home game. We played the tough games away. Um, and now it's coming at another tough game away. But, um, but uh, I think we're improving uh, a lot of the things we have been talking about. And um, the game against Portland was... <coughs> we get uh, problems in the counter against Portland. Uh, we're going to be able to open. Um, what we were talking about before, what's going to be important for us to improve is is that we keep ourselves together. Um, and that's going to be important whoever we play against. So, so um, we, um, we had some, um, some good games in uh, Orlando and now we're happy to, to get back to play again. And as you say, bounce back from uh, the result against Portland. You had a quote after the game against Portland. I wonder if you could just explain specifically what you meant. You said, we were not good enough at offensive marking and therefore, too many chances on the counterattack. So you refer to the counterattack and being a little too open. What do you mean by offensive marking? Uh, it's uh, when we attack, uh, 
and we maybe come to a cross. Then uh, it's about what the people behind the ball is doing. And if you stand, then uh, if everybody is just standing in their position, not looking for uh, opponents, uh, they will have big spaces to counterattack in. So when we attack on the left side, then uh, the right fullback, Anton, in, uh, in this, this game has to come in and take out their winger. And we have to have our central midfield in front of the striker, and we have to have the strikers, uh, the central defenders, uh, to occupy the, their striker or strikers. So if the ball is lost and they go out, we are first on that ball. But we are too open. We had the wing here, the full bars too wide. Uh, and we were not uh, up in uh, and marking the striker as well. And then they can turn and then you have to run 100 meters back instead of we can stop that attack before it starts. So that's about uh, offensive marking. I was on a call a couple of days ago and Aaron Long, the uh, central defender for the Red Bulls, his comment, very succinct and simple. It's like, we want to go up one nil and then we feel like we're very good protecting the league and we're also very good on the counterattack. So in, in his mind, it was really uh, important that they score the first goal. Yeah, they are very uh, energetic uh, team. They want to press, they want to be uh, going to go at us in the beginning of the game, I'm sure. So, of course, if they get 1-0 up, they can be more calm and uh, waiting for the counterattacks. Uh, so, but we want to be 1-0 up as well. We want to attack them and, and, uh, and get the first goal. And also, we are very good at uh, counterattacking the opponents also when we, we are up. So, so it's, this is uh, it's a local derby. It's, um, it's a lot of uh, emotions in, involved in it. Um, so it's going to be tough. Uh, it's going to be tight. Um, it's um, it's small details going to win or lose you the game. So we are we are ready. We have our match plan ready, and we we we're going to start the game um, on the front foot and uh, and attack the game in a an offensive mindset. And you're altering the the shape a bit against Red Bull, so that's specifically designed for this opponent. Yeah, you know they are one of the teams that are very different from the other teams because they are very clear in the style they want. They are very direct. They go into in behind us all the time. They are two strikers and then the midfield is very narrow. So second ball is going to be very, very important and also deal with the first ball. And then um, they leave um, the two, uh, they leave uh, uh, the central defenders with the, with the strikers. So it's almost playing man against man uh, up there. Uh, so, so that's for us uh, to, in the game now to, to have three uh, back uh, that can deal with that uh, long ball or the, the runs in behind. We have three in the center of the pitch that can win the second balls, and we can also two strikers up front that can that can they can occupy those central defenders. Uh, I think that's going to be important. And we have two wing backs that uh, can make a lot of crosses and 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 that we can uh, get actions into into their box. So I think um, that's a that's a style that um, that can uh, can take away the strength of. Um, of uh, Red Bull at the same time also get our place, uh, players in the, in the right, uh, right places. We've got New York City FC coach uh, Ronnie Dyla here on the pregame show, the Hudson River Derby. So you called it a, a road game, but interestingly enough, you've played more games at Red Bull Arena than the Red Bulls this year. So yeah. This will be your third. It'll be their second. <laughs> uh, it's a special. As I said, uh, this, everything is very strange this season. But... Um, we, we like to play there. Uh, it's, a, it's a good stadium, nice stadium. Uh, will never be our home game, home ground, never. 
but at the same time, it's good that we've been there. We know what's expecting us. Um, so, um, so we we we're going to be ready. The uh, the rivalry, the the derby, and uh, you come from. I I uh, I have a lot of uh, coaching friends who are Celtic supporters, and they would love to have a chat with you one day. But maybe we'll bring them up to training or something once we're allowed to do that again. Yeah. But you were you were involved with one of the derbies that is I don't you know I don't know where anybody would rank it, but the old firm Rangers Celtic. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that, does it? I don't think you can get uh, any more. Other derbies that have more uh, intensity and uh, emotions uh, that it is into that because it's a religion, you know, it's um, it's it's crazy. Um, so I'm I'm been so lucky that I've been to two of them, and um, that was a great experience. Can you describe just what it was like being in Celtic Park, you know, for for a match like that? I mean, what you know, you're involved in preparation for the game and things like that, and and probably don't see everything that's going on outside, but. Uh, but just just what it felt like. I was uh, we played in Hampton Park because at that time uh, Rangers were not up in the top division. They were like because they had uh, economic uh, economic uh, problems. They they were in the in the first division. So, but we met them in the semi final in the cup, and I remember then we played in Hampton Park, and I remember we went we were driving to the stadium and uh, everything was green everywhere. You know, it was like there was like a thousands of people cheering the bus when you go into the stadium. I said, like, I looked to my assistant, I said, is it only Celtic fans today? So, you know, there's like only, <laughs> only green and white wherever we were. And he was laughing at me, to me and say, you know, it's a, it's a Rangers it's a corner and it's a, it's a Celtic corner. And it's all the way is three kilometers between each other. So when you drive to the stadium, you are always three kilometers from uh, the other supporters. So the Rangers the supporters were standing um, and coming in from the other side of the stadium, and we coming in from uh, for this side. So, so because if it's 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 a lot of fights and things are going on, so you have to divide them and, and get them on each side of it. So when you come into the stadium to to see the half and half. Uh, and the atmosphere, I don't think it's anywhere place, uh, any other place you can get that that um, that atmosphere. It's, it's unbelievable. So that was um, something you will remember, and if somebody has a chance to go there, they, they should. I hope you never made the mistake of wearing blue at any time during your, your, your moments there. <laughs> uh, you, 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 you're thinking of what you're wearing all the time. <laughs> <laughs> And, and now you've got this dart. This is your first Derby, uh, Hudson River Derby, and uh, it's obviously going to take that uh, that odd stance of no spectators. Uh, we know some MLS uh, home sides, uh, you know, everybody's returned back to the uh, the home cities are, are giving that a shot, but it's not happening in New Jersey. So that's um, that's got to take away a little bit of what's going on. It's a fierce rivalry, but but still, no 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 fans. It's a bit different, of course, but uh, you know it's going to be. All the, all the fans are going to watch it on television. We know that. And, uh, you know, we want to beat them. Uh, last year, we lost our, our way in a very, very strange way in the, with the referee decision. Uh, I think yeah, a lot of the boys remember that. And uh, we want to come back and, and make it right this time. Yeah, that was beyond strange. But the... 
<laughs> that, that was quite a decision. Hey, before we close, uh, just a, a bit of an injury update. We know Maxi Morales is still uh, um, kind of uh, nursing this, this calf injury. Is it still the calf with him? It is, and he's not 100%. And he, uh, if we want to get him in, in the best shape he can be and get consistency in his playing time when he starts playing again, now it's been too much in and out all the time. And he really, really wants to play. And we want him really, really to play. But when he gets setbacks all the time, it's, it hurts him and it hurts us. Uh, and we don't get the best out of him. And uh, now it's important that we use the time we need to get them 100% so we can play him over time because he's so important part of uh, our team. Uh, and it's, it's hurting us when, when it's in and out all the time. And then the other uh, significant attacking player that's uh, on the shelf, uh, Ismail Tajiri Shradi, did a hamstring down in Orlando. What's his status? He's very close now so to start training with the team. So I saw him sprinting on the, on the pitch uh, today. Um, and, um, so he's, I hopefully can get him into training next week. And then it will go a week and then it can be in, in, in the games as well. All right, Ronnie Dyla, head coach of New York City FC, as uh, they prepare for the New York Red Bulls at Red Bull Arena. Ronnie, thanks for the time, and uh, good luck tonight. Yep, thank you. VAR came into focus in this Red Bulls match. Alan Chapman, the referee, went over to the monitor, and he judged that Kyle Duncan's shot had crossed the goal line for a 1-0 win for the home side. Well, the next match at Red Bull Arena was a home game for City, and an important 1-0 triumph against Columbus, one of the dominant teams in MLS at the time. Eber, he was alert to pick off a pass and assisted captain Alex Ring on the uh, game-winning goal. For Eber, though, the season was close to an end. A half hour into an eventual loss to Toronto FC, the team's leading scorer in 2019 went down with a torn ACL. At the time, NYCFC was one of the two lowest-scoring teams in the league, and now their talisman was out for the season. Well, next up was FC Cincinnati. Let's go back to September the 26th and uh, pregame from uh, Ronnie Dyla, who was asked about the possibility of connecting with a striker on the transfer market. I think, of course, we, we look maybe at it, but at the same time, it's a difficult period to do it in uh, with the quarantine and find the right person, it's about money, it's about a lot of things. Um, we, we can use other players uh, up front, uh, but of course when Daika have a, without Tati, we, we are lack of a, a typical number nine, that's for sure. That's for sure. So, um, so hopefully we, he's young uh, and he can handle a lot, so, so hopefully he can get a run of games now to, to play um, striker. It could be Jesus could be Dmitri. I think that's the first one. I think we also can have use Gary or Easy up there as well, uh, like a false number nine or Gary going behind is quick. So we'll find the solutions. That's not, that's no problem. But um, of course, it's it's uh, it's not what we wanted to to get an injury and at the same time also only have one. But um, it's better than nothing. And he's uh, the one we have is really really good. So um, some. So it's some positive in the, in the negative. Well, you could see the dilemma uh, losing Eber, but without the Brazilian, New York City thumped Cincinnati 4-0 at RBA, followed by two high-scoring wins against Inter-Miami 3-2 and DC United 4-0. City had scored 11 goals in three matches. 
They had 10 goals in their previous 13 games. Alexandru Matrica, the Romanian, scored four of those 11 goals in the three-game stretch, but he would soon be gone as well. The day after the D.C. United game, Mitri was sent on loan to Saudi Arabia, a personal request from Mitri so he could be closer to his pregnant wife, whose travel was restricted to COVID. Subsequently, City went winless in three matches, setting up a vital match against Thierry Henry and the Montreal Impact. City back at Yankee Stadium now for home matches, but regulars Tati Castellanos and Maxime Cheneau suspended for the match with a yellow card accumulation. But Maxi Barral is back, making his first start since his return from a right knee injury. The date was October the 24th. Here's my pregame interview with Ronnie Dyla. Welcome back. This is the pregame show on the New York City FC Network with Ronnie Dyla, head coach for New York City FC, brought to you by Ford. I'm Glenn Crooks and uh, City preparing for a match against the Montreal Impact at Yankee Stadium, kicking off in uh, just a few minutes. Ronnie, welcome. Uh, in Montreal, by this time of the season, you know, and this just lends itself to how this year has gone, you would have played them at least once, maybe even twice. So uh, what have you learned about Montreal in, uh, in observing them? They've had an interesting season themselves. Yeah, they've been uh, uh, changing system uh, a little bit lately. Um, last game now they play in a yeah, 4-2 four, four diamond almost in the midfield. So we, we are prepared for that. Um, but they also have played a lot with five behind. Uh, but we think they're going to come out in the same formation as last because they win and, and play a good game. And of course, they have uh, Boyan up front that's dropping down in the midfield um, and overload that part of it. So, so we, we need to we need to exploit the, the spaces on the sides. That's going to be important. Switch the play, and it's uh, when they play diamond. It's uh, if you go in central and go to the other side. You it's a big, big opportunity to get overload, uh, overload in those uh, areas. Yeah, you mentioned Boyan. He was the MLS Player of the Week. He's been uh, sharp of late for certain. A goal and assist in their win over Miami. Uh, they're coached by Thierry Henry. I, you know, I've been meaning to ask you this. Have you ever? Did you ever play against Henry? Get a chance to kick him or or coach against him? No, I haven't. Okay. So uh, that's. Uh, He's a legend, of course. In the English football, he was in Arsenal. He was maybe maybe the best player ever played there. Um, so, um, so hopefully, he's not that good coach that is uh, was as a player. <laughs> I, I know you appreciated him as a player. And then when he was with Barcelona, you're a student of Pep Guardiola, and then uh, Henri was there at that time. And that's about the time Barcelona started uh, playing in this way that uh, a lot of people have uh, been attracted to. So, you remember that one? Yeah, it's, um, he come into, you know, when he come there, he was a big, big star in uh, national, but in, in Barcelona, he gets one out of many. And that was, um, I'm going to say something about that team Barcelona had. Yeah. And uh, not so good for Barcelona today in El Clasico, dropping 3-1 to Real Madrid, but uh, not the same Barcelona. It's almost sad to see Messi uh, running around without uh, all the support he used to have. Where's Xavi? Yeah, yeah, where's serious. Iniesta? Yeah. I think Barcelona last year have been uh, been not in the standard that they have uh, been before. It's like um, it's not put together in the right way anymore. And um, Messi is 
he never run a lot, but uh, now he almost not do anything uh, without the ball. Um, and then when you have uh, Suarez did that ball, so just run too little, and you 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 get punished when you play the big big teams and the big games. And and that's what you have seen when they play Champions League. They um, they have uh, like the loss now against uh, Bayern Munich it was uh, embarrassing. Yeah. And then there was that rumor that was floated for a while that he was going to go to Man City and then after a couple of years come to New York City. But uh, that seems to have fallen off, at least for now. But uh, you never yeah. know. You never, never know. know. I think uh, if he goes somewhere, it should be Manchester City because of uh, the style of play is very similar to Barcelona. And, um, and he knows Guardiola. So um, that will be a happy relationship, I think. Yeah, that seems to be a good marriage. Uh, Ronnie Dyla, our guest. Let's get to your team. Uh, despite the recent results, you're still in a, in a solid position in the Eastern Conference. Uh, you had that really good stretch. You were scoring frequently, and now just three goals in the last three matches. Anything in particular that has uh, stood out to you as to why it hasn't been quite as productive? I think it's very hard to assess uh, what's happening now because we had a big, big load uh, football-wise with uh, six games in two weeks. At the same time, we're traveling to Miami, we were traveling to Columbus, we were traveling to Orlando. Um, and uh, everything on the same day. So especially, I think we, we did a good game against Orlando down there, but I feel like uh, last game now, we were looked very, very fatigued and, and tired, not only physically, but also mentally. Um, and then when you're mentally tired, you do stupid mistakes that we normally not do. And, I think that happened in that game. So, um, it's as I said, there's so many things that is not possible to control. Um, so, I think now to get some days off has been important to to reload physically and phys- uh, mentally. Um, and then we had a couple, three days this uh, this week to to do that. And then just prepare into the game. So um, I hope to see more energy today. I hope to see that we are a yard uh, or a second in, in front of things instead of behind things like we were in Columbus. Um, and then we are a good team. So so I think the and also the load has been to a lot of the same players. So um, so we we I think we'll be caught a little bit about uh, about those things, but um, it looks uh, good in training yesterday. People looks happy and, and motivated to 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 bounce back, and uh, that's of course our goal today. You know, it's, it it seems like the the last team standing at MLS this year might be the most mentally uh, tough team because of everything that everybody's been through. Look, you look at the Canadian teams, Montreal, and, and you can you can understand their suffering. You haven't seen your daughters in a very long time because of COVID, and and they they aren't permitted to just go back home. You know, they've been training, uh, but they did go recently. This They had this week off. Apparently, they went home and came back, uh, but they have trained less. But just all the different uh, things that people are dealing with, it's, uh, it's, it's league-wide, right? Uh, it is. It's like, as I said, it's... It's very difficult to control. People react differently on different things, um, and uh, and uh, it's so many aspects of uh, of what's happening on and off the pitch now. That is, um, and also you you meet. It's no sense. It's just a you know a, um, 
a health sense they take to who you meet. We have, you know, we had more away games than others. We we travel more because of uh, like um, Columbus didn't play the weekend before because of uh, COVID right. in one of the teams. Uh, the same with um, Orlando. With yeah. yeah, and we have played all the time. And you know, so, so different things. And for Montreal, it's it's one thing that they has to live here, and that's a load. Same time, not that much traveling because of they stay at one place all the time. And that's how you handle it, as you say. And and I think we have handled it really good. We had a long, long period with a good result, a good performance. And, and what I think the New England game and this game in the weekend was, we can better than that. And that's. Uh, that's what we want to do now to today to, to show ourselves from our best side again. So you have two players out suspended, uh, yellow card accumulation, Maxime Cheneau and uh, Tati Castellanos. Cheneau, maybe this is a good week off for Cheneau, just based on what you are saying there. He he did look a little exhausted. I, I don't know. He, and he's he's always in the battle. He's one of those guys that just fights to the end. Yeah, it's been a lot of load, especially on uh, the our central defenders and uh, Anton and Mata has played a lot as well. Um, so I think also that you can see that we have been dropping a little bit defensively uh, last games, uh, and I think it's something positive in the negatives that is out, of course, that he that he gets rest, and um, that's going to be important now too because uh, Maxime is a very important player for us. He's been maybe maybe. One maybe the best one of the best players this season, and um, to get him back on the on this, the normal level is is going to be important. So we have to use these days that is out him and Tati to to get them fresh and uh, ready for for Wednesday again. A lot of discussion about the lineup uh, that you were going to come up with without Tati Castellanos, uh, Eber out for the season. Castellanos comes in as the uh, the second. Player to to be in that position of striker, and uh, so you're going to go. It sounds like with Medina running up the middle with uh, Gary McKay, Steven on one side, Ismail Tajiri Shradi on the other, and Maxi Morales back in a starting role. So that's uh, important as well. Yeah, that's very good, and also Seb back uh, to get another game. I think also that's important to 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 give him uh, as much playing time as possible. If something happens with the the defense, is is a uh, He's a good player and he needs uh, match training. So so he's, he will go into the central defender position as well. Did you uh, did you consider a number of different options? Uh, generally, when we've spoken, you like to make uh, as few positional changes as possible just to kind of keep the uh, keep the rhythm and flow. But were you going over uh, a number of options or is this one you settled on uh, rather quickly as far as the lineup? I think it was uh, talking about you can play Gary up front and then Jesus on the side. Uh, I think that was the thing. You can also play Maxi up front and play like a false 10 and do you look like more a diamond? But I, I, I think, you know, when you have so many changes in the team, I think it's important not to change too many roles and change system. I think then we get more unsecure and we will look more vulnerable to have players to... We know that what we're doing, when we do it good enough, we beat anybody. So for me, it's to get back on our best level. And I think, you know, when you put just players into their roles and, and keep players in the same position with the same relations around them, we have our best opportunity to to get back on the, the level we want. And um, that's good with uh, 
the, the, the squad we have. I, I just I feel whatever we put on, I, I feel we have a good good chance to win, and uh, and that's a, it's a good feeling. My colleagues and I had some fun trying to come up with what you might do with a lineup. I do want you to know that I had a diamond in the midfield with Maxi at the point of it as a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but you know it's it's the the shape of the game is how it starts and then it moves from there, right? I mean, it's uh, the starting shape doesn't always uh, represent what the finishing shape will be. No, and you don't know what they are coming with either. You, you, I think they, you, I know, but they have also options. So we have to adapt inside the game. So if it doesn't work, we have to have other other plans. And of course, that plan that you're talking about with Maxi as a a ten or a false number nine, and then uh, how to uh, strike his wingers to attack the space. That's more like the they play. We can match up that that. So that's of course an opportunity inside the game. All right, Ronnie. Well, uh, I wish you all the best tonight uh, at Yankee Stadium. It's uh, New York City FC playing host to the Montreal Impact. Uh, joining us, uh, Ronnie Dyla, head coach at New York City. Ronnie, thank you, and uh, good luck. Thank you. You too. Jesus Medina, Maxi Morales, and Tony Rocha, the goal scorers for City, in a 3-1 win over the Impact. Rocha, his first career MLS goal as City moved into fifth place in the East, just one result away from clinching their fifth consecutive playoff appearance. This has been the best of Ronnie Dyla. In the next episode, City continues to win, finishing the regular season with a flourish. Four straight wins, led by a guy who struggled to find minutes under Dyla three months earlier. The MLS Player of the Month for November, Tati Castellanos. This is Glenn Crooks on Frame.